0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Two critical IT update stories. The Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture is reopening its doors to visitors for the first time since the coronavirus pandemic hit. Touchscreen exhibits are still off limits, so the museum's DevOps team is making them accessible through QR codes. Meanwhile, the IRS has its DevOps teams modernizing aging applications and software, and now there's progress to report. For an update on where the IRS stands with its work, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with program manager and analyst Dennis Drum. But first, you'll hear from the museum's DevOps engineer, Raven Manuel.
2: Where we started was when the museum opened in 2016. The team that was there that was implementing the main website, they were already working agile. So they were already had that part of it down, which was great. I came in and bought the DevOps part of it we are in the process of developing a design pattern, is what I'm calling it, to help us be able to be flexible and adaptable based off of the applications because we have lots of consultants, lots of contractors, and they work on various projects. And the projects vary based off of what the educational needs are for the curators and the historians, as well as for our visitors.
3: Of course, we're having this conversation in the context of the pandemic and everything that's going on. And the reoccurring trend line here seems to be whatever the pace of development was, speeding that up even further. And so the question that I have for everyone is how has the pandemic and the current situation changed the trajectory of DevOps at your agency? Raven, let's hear from you first.
2: It has changed a couple of things. One, the primary driver for the change is because interactives that were on-premise were touch. And now we are moving from touch. That means a lot of them have to be re- review them and figure out how to make them not touch and to move them to the web. So when it comes to how I do the DevOps piece, it's very important now that I figure out how to adapt the DevOps pipeline and not just automation tools because some of the tools May not fit, so I have to back up from tools, which is why I am in the process of deriving a design pattern and what the design pattern is going to do is it 's going to cover the two principal areas, which is delivery and development, those two particular areas, and then it has these little components, security being one of them, administration being another, the cloud that 's like core to everything, and just all of these components you have to think about when you 're thinking about devops so onboard a project, we look at it from the perspective of this design pattern, and we adapt the pattern to the project so that now we can deliver it and still keep Agile getting it out there faster. We don't deliver a product other than these exhibitions and interactives, but it's getting it out there so that it fits in the DevOps pipeline, but also has accessibility guidelines. Like there's a lot of other things now that have to come out of the museum and go into the web and be in compliance with that.
3: All right. And Dennis over at the IRS, uh, certainly a very busy agency these days. Is that what you're seeing over at the IRS or, or what are you seeing
0: exactly? We are seeing things move drastically faster than usual, actually. One thing the workforce has definitely done is become more mobile. We ourselves also had to get people onto the teleworking schedule back in March when they officially closed down the buildings. Everything for our sake in DevOps is to get things on the enterprise DevOps pipeline. So we've been able to continue to uh, coordinate things with our COTS developers and our coders. The main thing there, though, is um, people have started to return to the buildings, and those are mainly the critical positions. So the people that are able to telework are still asked to telework, but the people in the critical positions, the ones that are actually processing the files for the tax filings and refunds and your stimulus payments are being asked to come in to the buildings. So things are definitely still moving forward. And I think the IRS responded rather well, actually, but we were able to keep operations running.
3: Certainly. When we talk about DevOps, we talk about a lot of other overlapping topics here. And so what do you see as some of the low-hanging fruit for automation in this field?
2: When we talk about culture, I had this discussion with somebody from USPTO the other day, actually, about culture and the consensus between myself and this other individual is culture is more about the structure. That is very key because if the structure doesn't support the initiative, then you're not going to get it. If you're structured in a way that you have to go through management layers and you're not going to be able to have it, it's just not going to work. So for the low hanging fruit for DevOps and automation, we were structured to have that. So we needed buy-in from the developers because if you don't start there, you're not gonna get anywhere and automated just the push to GitHub. That was the first thing that we did was just to automate that particular thing and it had coupled with the fact that we were able to um, onboard projects faster because we didn't have to wait for our enterprise IT to spin up environments. We could actually leverage our cloud-based resources to be able to do that. An immediate win, we went from a three-week plus wait time just to get started to less than a day. As soon as we had the project onboarding, we were able to start pushing the code using Jenkins. And then building and testing because security and testing must go together. And we built in unit tests with security testing and pushed them immediately. And that really was like one of the biggest hurdles we had to get through for automation. And if you start there and just keep going and using the same two bits, the testing and security, you've got your pipeline. There's really nothing more to your pipeline except for that.
3: All right. Thanks for that, Raven. And Dennis, over at IRS, I know that has been a, a long time conversation. The incentives and and what kind of carrots uh, the government can offer these people who are very much in demand, certainly uh, been going on for years now, the idea of the streamlined critical pay that has been on again, off again, and, and back on again, I think through the Taxpayer First Act, more basically, is that something that, that affects your side of the agency?
0: There's some great programs that the IRS offers regarding educational benefits, and some are either self-paced courses that you can take online during work hours, and other ones are on your own time with college course incentives as well. I guess you can divide things into two different tracks. If you want to, one would be managerial and the other one would be technical. So, depending on where a person sits, if they want to look to increase their skill set in the technical realm, the opportunities are there to learn coding and other things. If they want to continue in the management realm for executive level training, there's courses as well. Another thing is cross training. If you work with your manager, I'm sure that you know, he or she can agree with some skill sets that you can learn to apply to your current job and position. And that could be learning a different skill but bringing it back to your position that you're in. But then again, it could be awarded with some incentives that go along with that. So those things are happening, and they are being promoted well by managers and people in executive positions.
1: Dennis Drum, an IRS program manager and analyst, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. You also heard from Raven Manuel, a DevOps engineer at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.